Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Prime time on Money FM 89.3. U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi landed in Taipei late last night despite threats from the Chinese government and warnings not to do so. Earlier, the U.S. administration tried to assure Beijing that there was no reason to come to blows and that such a visit would signal no change in U.S. policy on Taiwan. The visit by Mrs. Pelosi, second in line to the U.S. presidency after Vice President Kamala Harris, is the first by a U.S. speaker in 25 years since Mr. Newt Gingrich visited Taiwan in 1997. Meanwhile, China has announced military maneuvers in retaliation. To get an analysis of these developments, we're joined now by Dr. Chong Jia-an. He's Associate Professor of Political Science at the National University of Singapore. Now, Dr. Chong, China, of course, now warning airlines operating in Asia to avoid flying in areas around Taiwan. It's conducting military exercises in response to the visit. The U.S. ambassador to China has been summoned. How far do you expect China to go here? So I know there's a lot of alarm out there and people expect China to go quite far, but I think they are aware of a certain sort of limit where they can go to. They could have announced the drills or they could have just uh, had the drills today without announcing to prevent Pelosi from leaving and to create a you know, big demonstration right now, but they're holding off, they're, they're waiting. And this whole um, effort to get airlines to not fly in certain areas, they've done this before in recent years. So this time around, perhaps is a lot more intense, it's focused around a particular visit, but certainly this trajectory of increased pressure um, has been ongoing. It's not just because of the Pelosi visit. There is a lot of focus in this particular visit by the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi compared to what happened to Newt Gingrich back in 1997. I mean, there were protests back then as well from China, but not to this kind of level. What do you think brought about this kind of response or reaction from Beijing? So Beijing has been steadily increasing uh, pressure on Taiwan over recent years. I mean, even before the Pelosi visit was announced, uh, the PRC had put across claims that the Taiwan Strait is not international waters. Uh, they've been uh, doing military exercises uh, around and near Taiwan for mm-hmm. some time already. So I think, uh, and the U.S. has just been responding. So I think the, we, the way that I see the Pelosi visit is that it's part of this general trajectory, right? It's part of the array of responses that have been coming uh, from, from the U.S., this time from the legislative branch. So um, it's this back and forth that is intensifying. It's not just it's not because of the Pelosi visit. Pelosi visit is a symptom of the increasing friction between the U.S. and China. Sure. Professor, all countries certainly do calculate geopolitical risks and factor in the possible consequences of their actions. The U.S. was warned it knew China wouldn't be happy with this. And considering the backdrop of already brewing tensions, it went ahead with this visit anyway in making this move. What geopolitical calculations do you think the U.S. has made vis-a-vis China? Well, some of it... um some of it is external, some of it is domestic. So I don't think that the U.S. wants to show that it's backing uh, away from uh, PRC pressure. Uh, that would certainly send a very negative signal about U.S. commitment to the region. At the same time, uh, PRC pressure has come in uh, as the U.S. is ramping up towards its midterm elections uh, in a political atmosphere where there's a lot of skepticism towards China. I don't think anyone wants to look weak. The fact that the U.S. Con- uh, the 
DRC conveyed the threat to the executive branch uh, that then passed that message on to the legislative branch in part via the media that gets into U.S. legislative and uh, executive branch uh, prerogatives. So uh, that makes it very hard for someone like Pelosi to back down. So mm. a confluence of these external and domestic factors, I think, just make it very impossible, almost impossible for Pelosi not to go. Dr. Chong, let's pick up on what you said. Nobody wants to look weak. Now, we knew in advance that Nancy Pelosi was planning to visit Taiwan. Beijing made a big deal out of this one. It was carried on by the media all over the world. They set a red line, and now the red line has been crossed. What else can China do? They do not want to appear weak either from all the threats that they've made so far, right? So China doesn't want to look like it's backing down, uh, not at a time when it's only domestic economy is, is facing uh, problems, not at a time when Xi Jinping is looking to consolidate his third term, his mm-hmm. unprecedented third term in the 20th Party Congress. So these are reasons why uh, the PRC would like to look strong, but also I think uh, reasons why the PRC would like any show of force to be somewhat limited. They don't want things to get out of control any more than anybody else. They want to look like they're strong, but you know, keep it there. If things get into some sort of uncontrolled escalation, it's going to be risky for China as much as for anybody else. Oh, no. So, so like I said, they could have ramped things up right now, but mm-hmm. they have chosen not to do so because I think that suggests an element of care and moderation that still exists in Beijing. So it's like a game of chess. The Chinese are moving their forces closer to the island, and then on the other side, you've got the Americans also moving their warships. So is this all that we're going to get then? If we're lucky, that's all we're going to get. <laughs> if we're, we're lucky, get, okay. um, yeah, we're lucky we will go get a show of, you know, lots of aircraft, lots of ships, lots of missiles, uh, and everybody, you know, does their piece and calls it a day, if we're all lucky. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, we may not be. Um, there may be some incident that creates a uh, spiral that can't be controlled. There may be some accident. I mean, you probably know that the Australians, Americans, and Canadians have complained about rather unsafe um, Chinese behavior. Well, this could get us into a situation like the EP3 incident in 2001, uh, except with more heightened sensitivities on all sides. Mm, let's hope it stays just a game of brinkmanship and nothing more. Professor, you mentioned earlier that Pelosi's visit is just a symptom. So let's explore the foundation of that relationship. What's next in terms of the medium to long term relationship between the U.S. and China? So I think the two the two sides are, are locked into a kind of competitive relationship. The U.S. has talked about setting up guardrails. Um, so that's going to uh, this is going to be one of those tests of whether those guardrails come into place. Um, and if we look. Back historically, uh, for, for some analogies, one of the things uh, that happened early on in the Cold War, I, I'm not fond of Cold War analogies, but early in the Cold War was that there was a lot of testing between the Soviets and the Americans, and they eventually figured out, okay, you can do the testing, but up to a certain uh, limit, right? So things didn't get out of control. Um, we were lucky historically. I don't know we'll be lucky again. Uh, there were some near misses, like the Cuban Missile Crisis, uh, but those were learning. So mm. if the U.S. and China learn from this uh, interaction how to posture but be careful. It could turn out uh, better uh, for a better outcome, but that might not happen. Where does all of this leave Taiwan now? So Taiwan, um, uh, the couple of things to Taiwan. One is they have the autonomy. They want to keep it. China you know, is, doesn't want that to happen. Xi Jinping has talked about uh, in, incorporating Taiwan, which the CCP has never controlled, by the way, um, to, uh, in, into, into its, its fold. So that's going to be an area of tension. And what is also potentially going to be tense is the fact that, um, as 
it's my notice that the reactions to the Pelosi visit and the threats by the, uh, from, from China have been you know, somewhat of a shrug in Taiwan. Uh, that's mm. because they've become used to, they've become accustomed to all these threats. So that means the next time the PRC wants to send a message, it has to double down on what it did before. This increases the risk of escalation. This increases the risk of accidents. It also creates a situation where China has to, you know, either at some at some point either carry out its threat or have its bluff called. So certainly, I think that's something the Chinese leadership doesn't want. So that's another dynamic that we should uh, keep in mind. Dr. Chong, what does Taiwan get out of this visit, though? That's something that we haven't talked about. What is it about this visit that maybe raised their profile? Or- what is it? So I think um, they have their profile raised. They have um, this demonstration of support from the U.S., which is important for them, uh, especially as they try to navigate international space, which has been denied them. I think the other thing that you notice from the Taiwan uh, government, the, the Thai administration, is that they've been very, very quiet uh, throughout. And I think it is a certain study quietness mm-hmm. because what they are trying to do is to show that they're being calm, they're being moderate, and the side that is being perhaps reckless, uh, perhaps provocative is Beijing, or at least they want to create that kind of impression such that they get uh, international public opinion on their side. Will there be no resolution of this issue, of the China-Taiwan issue? So the resolution is either um, the PRC accepts that Taiwan will be permanently separated or somehow it forces itself uh, on, on Taiwan. That's the only way the the, there can be any resolution. The, the U.S. position is that any resolution has to be peaceful and uh, go through the consent of the people in Taiwan. Um, the PRC uh, says it is willing to, it wants to, um, you know, it wants, wants to reserve the right to resolve issues by force. So um, ultimately, uh, there has to be either accommodation or someone has to, uh, someone will, uh, the PRC might have to take, take action, take military action. What do you foresee happening, or do you expect this state of limbo to go on forever, well, this, for all we know? This this state has existed since 1949, mm-hmm. right? It's been several decades. Yeah. Um, and and um, it's not the ideal situation from either the Taiwan perspective or, or the PRC perspective. But um, it's something that I think, at least on Taiwan, they are able to live with. For a long time, the PRC were able to live with this as well. It's seen a change uh, under the Xi Jinping leadership. Uh, so I don't know if the if people can learn to live with the second best option. Maybe you know that's something we'll just have to do until there can be some other alternative that comes about. All right, Doctor, thank you very much for sharing your insights and thoughts with us here this afternoon. That's Dr. Chong Jayan, Associate Professor of Political Science at National University of Singapore, on the visit of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to Taiwan. You're listening to Primetime here on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.